This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! edition of the high ups podcast the first ever edition with bryce harper winning the nl mvp as a philadelphia philly jack fritz you tweeted it he's gonna go in the hall of fame as a philly one day and yeah we might not have the wins yet we got Ray's guy we're gonna start winning games dave the the hero dombrowski we're gonna start winning games but you know what for right now I'm pretty freaking stoked that Bryce Harper is the MVP. And and we may as well say, you know, uh, thank you, Jack Fritz, right? Because he wouldn't be here without you, you know? Yeah, I mean, many people have said do, that. Do you feel like you won the MVP? Was that the, like, internal thing that happened? Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like a long... <laughs> like, honestly, I, I, I'm not lying to you. I, um, I know. Whatever you're going to say, I know. Like, him winning the MVP... Uh, like almost what it, what it was like icing on the cake for me, like for the for the whole hire or for the whole signing or whatever. Like, I I didn't really think he was gonna win an MVP as a Philly, and that was I was like perfectly fine with that. I thought he was gonna be a really good player, but I didn't know if he still had like like there's some ridiculous players in the NL, Acuna, Tatis. Like, there's some legitimate talent, and I just I just wasn't sure he was ever gonna be able to do it, and the fact that he did it. Um, the fact that, you know, you were able to see like the real side of Bryce, I thought was awesome. Um, and yeah, it was, it was all worth it. Uh, honestly, I felt happy for like our people, you know, like, like it's been a long decade of Phil's baseball, James. Like it's been, it's been a, it's been a lot. There hasn't been a much to, to be like super fired up about, but Bryce winning the MVP and kind of validating like, yeah, Bryce Harper's pretty good at baseball. And, <laughs> hey, maybe next year we don't have to hear the stupid overrated chance yeah, in every ballpark exactly. that we go to. Exactly. Like, that's a win. And it was really nice seeing, like, the whole family there, his wife, him talking about his kids. Like, he's in such a different place than when he won the last time. And, like, honestly, I think we're going to look back on, on this season kind of, you know, it, it, not, it won't be like Howard. You know, like you look back at Howard's like 2006. It's and you're absurd. Like, he batted 313 with 58 home runs and like 150 RBI or whatever. It's like an insane season. No one that that doesn't happen anymore. That kind of season. No, it, it's I, I would be shocked if we see it again. Frankly, I mean, um, 313 with 58 homers will probably never happen again. Like 58 yeah. homers might never happen again, but like I'm sure it will. But like, well, th- but 313 with 58 homers, I don't know if that's ever gonna happen again. That's insane. Yeah, and and like it'll take a magical season. But we, I feel like in the moment it was like, yeah, this is incredible, and I want to see every Howard at bat. And I still remember like the home run down at RFK to to Pat Schmidt or whatever. Um, but. Like you kind of look back and you're like, wow, we should have definitely been, almost been paying more attention to what he was doing. Mm-hmm. I and mean, I and like- honestly, we should probably I, I, the injury and the contract and stuff. But like, you know, I think when we look back, and I think you agree with this, but I think we'll all agree that Ryan Howard probably one of the most criminally underrated players in Philadelphia sports history, much less Philly sports history. Yeah, I agree with you, but I also think that that's almost been said so much that now we're yes, like, okay, it's flipping back around, like. We do. I think we all appreciate. Like, like we're all he like, legitimately, like his, like whatever six, seven year run or whatever it is, is like you know, it's like Ruthian. It's like high level stuff. What he did for that stretch, you know. Yeah, I mean, um, I I could make the case that Howard's peak is still the best peak of any athlete I've seen in this city. Yeah, um, it's possible. Like, it's I mean, it's, it's up there. Um, but and and it was great to see that Howard was was placed on the Hall of Fame ballot that came out today. Him and J. Roll, like yep. I got to be honest, James. There's a little butterfly when I saw <laughs> like when I saw those guys when I saw our guys in the Hall of Fame um, ballot, and then I started thinking like, man, you know they got freaking like injuries robbed us of what should have been three lock Hall of Famers. Ah, uh, it's such a shame. But, like really, I mean the fact that. We went to the best era of Phil's baseball in our lives, 
And I don't think we're going to see one Hall of Famer. You know, I don't think Cole gets in. I think Utley, I think the advanced stats will probably help Utley the most. I don't think I Rollins, agree. I, I think, think Utley and Rollins on. both have a real chance based on the opposite things. The Utley thing is the the advanced stats maybe someday helping him in. The Rollins thing is the opposite of it. Like, damn, that guy was just a great baseball player and he compiled numbers and maybe the advanced stats don't support it enough, but but he won an MVP and he was the you know, catalyst for a World Series champion. So like you can make the case for either of the guys. Like they both have you know, they're both, you know, worthy, just, you know, I think classically. I, I would put Utley in personally, but I think neither I agree with you. I think if I had to bet my life, I would bet my life on none of them getting in, but I wouldn't be like completely shocked if if Utley or Rollins got in. Someday. Obviously yeah. not like now, you know what I mean? I personally I personally think Utley has a better chance. I agree. I agree. If I had to pick one of the two, I would I would pick Utley. But it is kind of wild. Like I don't know another like uh uh I can't think of another team off the top of my head. But like another team that went that won five straight divisions that wouldn't have one Hall of Famer, like the Braves teams had a ton of Hall of Famers. Yeah, uh, well, the only comp, uh, Buster Posey is going to break it, but those Giants winning three of five uh, World Series, like, you, I mean, Bumgartner is not a Hall of Famer, you know, but, like, it's Posey. Posey will be a Hall of Famer, but that's the same type of idea, I would say. And even then, a different, completely different built teams, obviously, and all that. And, look, I mean, if we're talking about the full run, I mean, Roy Halladay is a Hall of Famer, you know, so you can throw that side of things in too, but it is fascinating. And look, I think what it is, is that to the point, you know, those guys were playing at a hall of fame level for that run, you know, like Ryan Howard and Chase Utley were hall of famers. If they do that, you know, if you extrapolate over their career, it's just like you said, injuries robbed them of, of the length their careers could have been. And Jimmy, that was the peak of what was a really good career, you know? Yeah. So, um, but not to get too distracted, I guess too distracted. Why are we talking from, about this? I, I know. About, we started hard for MVP. And all of a sudden we're talking about the, 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 the run. Yeah. <laughs> the listen, run. It's, it just again. shows where our heads are at. Well, that's what it evokes. Cause you're right. You know, like we talk about Bryce Harper winning the MVP and you know, a decade of Phillies baseball where Bryce Harper winning the MVP is like far and away. The highlight of that from a, on the field, you know, production perspective, obviously Bryce Harper signing is the other highlight of that. Like, I think we might look back and say Dave Dombrowski signing was the highlight of that. We'll see. Feeling good. Who'd ever thunk it. Um, but it, it does show like, look, cause we're talking about that. Cause that's, you know, we had MVPs back then. It was Howard and Rollins back to back. And that's the last time we won an MVP. It's the last time we had anything to be excited about. So when Harper, where it's like one of those things where like, you know, in a perfect world, you want to say, ah, MVPs, who cares? I win titles. You know, like, that's what we care about. We win titles. And that, and I agree. Like, yes, the title means so much more. But when we've had nothing, like, when we haven't even had playoffs in a decade, playoffs, um, I felt like Jim Moore there just came out. Um, you know, like, when we haven't had that, like, then Bryce Harper winning the MVP, and to your point, validating, especially, like, us, like, you know, us being the the both literal you and me us and also the royal us of the many of us in this kind of group that we have here and the, the people who think like us who like really advocated the signing and and fight fought for the signing and and argued with the people who said he got paid too much money and defended him the last two years saying you don't understand the value this guy brings and all this type of stuff it is validating right it's like it's like screw all of you we were right like this guy is generational he is one of the best players in this sport and he just showed you it like and it does have that kind of so like not only is it the best thing to happen the phillies in a decade sadly it also is an extremely validating thing for us Bryce Harper defenders the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I totally agree on all that. But I would be lying if I said that, like, I didn't – I'm obviously very happy that he won the MVP, but there's a part of me that's like, did we really just waste this unbelievable Oh, yeah. Season? Well, a part of you. Are you kidding me? There's a, 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 large, yeah, a yes, large, a large chunk. part of me. I mean, a massive but, part of me. And it, it, and. It kind of took away. Honestly, it took away from the MVP for me. Um, like, obviously, I'm very happy for him. I'm very happy for his family. But as a Phillies fan, you know, it's like, wow, this was honestly, I would say for me, the second best offensive season I've ever seen, and for you, probably the same. I mean, yeah, I, I don't mean, remember the best is Schmidt. I don't remember. So yeah, it's it's after Howard, the best, second best one I've seen. Yeah, I mean, you were around for like Richie Ashton. Like you. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, no, it's like they really just had one of the, at least one of the four best offensive seasons, maybe in team history. Um, and like certainly, just, they, certainly since Chuck Klein and the right. you know was doing well, and thing. and your guy Ed Delahanty before you pushed him <laughs> off a uh, train. Um, but but uh, yeah, it's like the, 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 he just had one of the four best seasons in, in the in team history offensively. And you know you you pair in Zach Wheeler with that who is also awesome and we'll get to the Zach which is, Wheeler thing which yeah. is funny because the more people make the case for Zach Wheeler being the Cy Young I'm like ah you know he kind of was the Cy Young like, uh, oh I, mean, I can't wait to get to it because I had the same exact reaction we'll get there because I we'll get there I I had the same reaction anyway right so so but they had they had a freaking MVP and a top three Cy Young guy who really was tied for first and then some writers like left him off but. They had all that, and they went freaking eighty-two and eighty because they had no idea how to have like any depth around like their star players. It should be, it should be honestly a a pretty easy selling point and a pretty easy thing to build around a a ace like Wheeler and an MVP like Harper. And now it's on Nebraska to get the job done. But there was this little part of emptiness is like we really just wasted maybe the best seasons we'll have of these guys in Philly's uniforms. Yeah, no question. And I, I thought about it far more than I should have. And to your point, it did. Of course it took away from from it in some way because as much as I'm proud of Bryce Harper and as much as I'm proud of this the season Zach Wheeler had, and we'll get to the, the travesty of it and all that, him not winning the award and all that. But, but yeah, like uh, I can't help but think about how wasted it was you know how disappointing it is that you know that season wasn't a part of a playoff run you know even you don't have to win the world series just make the playoffs you have an mvp and a cy young you have an mvp and a cy young and you can't even make the playoffs in in a in a division where the, the 88 wins took it it's it's shocking it really is but then you you look at and I'm I, I don't you know I'm, I'm I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was something like this: the the Jason Stark Harper stat, where it was like the second half of the season or whatever it was, he had like an 1180 OPS, and the team the rest of the team was like 684. And it's like, well then what 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 the bleep are we doing here, man? Like you know, it's like no no wonder no wonder we wasted that season. So you know, it's like I'm I'm very with you though. It is it did in a, in at least certainly a, not in a not tiny way in a in a in a meaningful way did somewhat take away from the enjoyment of it, but. Um, I do think that, that when we look assuming, and, and that's what, obviously it's also important to, you know, be good, you know, because it, it yeah, erases all the pain, but if we're heading into a time where Dombrowski does, you know, head where we hope he's heading and where, you know, Ray's guy comes in and, and crushes the world and press Mattingly crushes and all that, then I do think we'll be able to look back on the Harper MVP fondly in the sense of it was the beginning Maybe it was the best season Harper has at Philly, but it's like, oh, remember Harper won the MVP, and then we got good, and it was just kind of like fun again and all that. Like, I'm hoping that's what we get out of it because the whole it's already, um, you know, the whole like we've already ruined the season. Like, we're clearly not taking advantage of the season from wins and losses, making the playoffs perspective. Like, I'm going to choose right now to look at it in that light, in the, hey, this is just the beginning light. I'm like you, Jack. This is like me sounding like you. So refreshing. It's, it's so unbelievable. Um, Look at me. Well, Dave Dabrowski's got me wrapped around his little finger. I guess it. I guess it. I guess you could make the case that you know the season wasn't totally wasted because the team that won the division they didn't do anything in the playoffs. So it's not like <laughs> it's, it's not like a total waste of time, right? Um, but yeah, honestly, like the the hope is the hope is we can look back when we're doing this podcast. Um, uh, 15 years from now, yes. we can look, we can look back and be like, wow, you know, that was kind of the 06 Howard season where yep. everything yep. after yes. the Howard. Look MVP at you, was, look at you, just grabbing it and running. Yeah, well that's done. called picking up. That's called picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> that's called, that's called podcast energy. But um, yeah, no, like honestly, and honestly, I, I, I feel the way you do. I, 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 I really think that the Phillies are on an upward trajectory. Um, obviously, it depends on what they do this off season. But you know, I don't think the Harper MVP is going to be this like the the lone highlight of a another down five years of Phillies baseball. I think it's just the beginning, you know. And I just said it a little bit ago, but you have an ace that you can start a team with. You have an MVP that you can start a team with, 
now he's got to build around those guys, and you got to you got to facilitate the talent. Um, unfortunately, it's not like they're these super young pieces. I mean, Harper is still in his prime, but you know, Wheeler should have two more prime Wheeler seasons left, so you don't have like all the time in the world. But it's not. <laughs> It's definitely not the worst base to try to to build from a uh, MVP and, and top three Psy guy. No, I think most teams would be pretty cool with that base. I agree. Um, all right, let's get to to the Psy guy. Uh, it's it's funny because I love that you said that because I had the exact same reaction where I went into the voting thinking, oh, he's not the Cy Young. Like, you know, he's, he's definitely top three. He should be there. Like, but he's, he's not the Cy Young. Burton should win it, you know? And then, you know, the, the vote happens, he loses and everyone starts parsing the numbers and really breaking down the case. And I came out of being like, wow, Zach Wheeler really should have won the Cy Young. Like I was wrong. Like that. I mean, he pitched like seven more starts than Burns. When you put the innings here, seven, eight more starts. Like it's, it's, it's a not insignificant number of innings. Certainly I think less insignificant than the difference in the, in the, you know, um, ratio stats and stuff. Now I will say like watching both guys pitch this year, like, I definitely was more impressed with Corbin Burns. I, look, Wheeler was amazing, but like Corbin Burns, when I watched that dude pitch, I was like, wow, this guy's the best pitcher in baseball. <laughs> like when I would watch him pitch. So he definitely felt like a Cy Young to me when I watched him. Um, but again, it's, you know, and, and it's funny because it's one of those things where it's like the analytics are actually kind of what won Burns the Cy Young. But in reality, when you look at the numbers, the innings pitch, like that stuff has to matter. So um, I actually think it kind of went too far with it. Um, so, uh, you know, I, uh, I think Wheeler should have won the Cy Young and I, I didn't realize how, how easily it should have happened, Jack, and it didn't. Yeah. Honestly, I, I think I can make the case that Burns was more dominant, but Wheeler was more valuable. Yeah. And I think that's where I was going. Like, cause when I watch Burns, Burns just, I mean, that dude was like, whew. Dude, he struck out 13 less batters in 46 less innings. Like, <laughs> that, is, that is stupid. Um, that is like next level stuff, as they say. Um, but honestly, the Phillies bullpen is the reason why he's not the, he's not the, the Cy Young. Yeah. I mean, and the defense. Dr- the defense. But like Girardi had to push Wheeler because he was clearly the best option they had. And Wheeler pitched in the seventh a, a lot this year. Um, early in the year, he was getting through the seventh towards the end of the year. He was just getting to the seventh. Um, but like if he had any guys he could trust behind him, he can pull Wheeler and, and give him some, some, some breathers down the stretch, but they couldn't do that because they had to try to make a division run. Um, and they had to try to get in the playoffs. So really, (laughs) I mean, the Phillies bullpen caused Zach Wheeler, a, a Cy Young, um, and innings pitch has to matter. I don't think Corbin Burns faced the the uh, a lineup four times all season long. Um, he's lucky if he even faced it, you know, three times. Um, so it's just yeah, like Wheeler. I think honestly, September kind of skewed my thought of of Wheeler's season. Like, obviously, I knew he was dominant, and I knew that uh, every fifth start I was going to get at least seven innings. Um, at the beginning of the season, it was more like seven dominant towards the end of the season. It was like seven with three runs. Um, But you look at the overall scope of his year and kind of take out his six ARA in September. um, (laughs) Like he should have been the Cy Young. And, and now I get where everyone was like, kind of looked at the numbers and they were like, what are we doing here? Like he was obviously a more valuable pitcher. I think his war was like, I think he was was even close, like crushed him in war, crushed him. And again, I honestly, I don't know how pitcher wars like totally got. I don't I know either. It's a lot of FIP. I don't either. I know. A, I don't know <laughs> like what I, to do with it. I I, I don't I, really have any interest in FIP. I got to be honest with you. But well, that was um, Corbin Burns' Cy Young case. <laughs> I mean, come on, you had a one six three FIP, Jack. Oh, I know. I know. It's riveting. I love. I love. I love when award debates come down. Well, to, especially, to, especially uh, those kind of stats. It's like especially like with FIP, where it's like wins above replacement. Like okay, like that. You know. That's a, I get it. It's like a, a sentence uh, in a way. You know, VORP, you know, value over replacement player. Sure, I get it. Like, fielding independent pitching, like, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, I get it, but only because I understand it and I know what FIP is. But, like, fielding independent pitching, really? That's that's what we got? 
that's that's the acronym we're going with here like how about have something that makes sense first and then make an acronym for it jack seems like a seems like a crazy concept um yeah i mean i don't know it's i think i I, believe me i love analytics i love it's just like it's just so not fun it went too (laughs) far man it went too far which is crazy because i mean i was just about to say when we were growing up and then i remembered you know how much older I am than you, and when I was no, born. you can throw me in that mix. I'm an old soul. You know <laughs> yeah. that. You know yeah. that. Yeah, you are an old soul. That is that is definitely true, Jack. When we were growing up, they used to pick the Cy Young by who led the league in wins. Jack, I mean, come on. Oh. I, I now I will say that sounds horrible. I, I know. I, I think that I know. So See, that's the thing is, is we needed to get away from that, and it was great. And Felix Fernandez won it that year with like. 12 wins or whatever it was and it was great and all that and now we've gone too far now we're like well zach wheeler pitched 100 more innings than this guy but this guy's fip was 1.3 so hmm, i think we might need to go with that like enough already like let's let's rein it back in we need to find a happy medium this is why people hate analytics it's because we always go too far with it it doesn't all have to be analytics okay like analytics plus it's all good like it doesn't have to be as much as it is, Jack. <laughs> yeah. Also, is that fair? I gotta be honest. The eye test is always king. I mean, it just it. it well, it I mean, let's be honest. Eye test. Corbin Burns was a Cy Young. Yeah. Well, I know. <laughs> I know. That's that. Honestly, if you want to be honest, that's why I didn't think it was even that. That's Me why I didn't. Me too. Think that was whole, was my whole comparable. thing. I didn't dig into the numbers. I was just like, I knew Corbin Burns' numbers were ridiculous, and I was like, I watch that guy pitch, like. That guy's insane. <laughs> He's awesome, you know. And I know, I know this is gonna sound selfish, but I, I had both in fantasy, and Wheeler screaming down the stretch, and Corbin uh, was like my sense. guy all year. Makes so sense. I'm a little jaded that I went wire to wire in the most dominant fantasy baseball season ever, and I lost in the championship. So oh, I don't, I don't no. want to make this about me. Oh, I'm, that I'm is not, tough. No wonder. No, I'm not a guy that likes to make things about me. Not no, never. Guy. It's not you at all. It's really, uh, I've never heard you make it about you. Right. So, yeah. uh, again, I'm not going to start now. Um, but, yes, as a guy who had both a fantasy, I felt like Corbin Burns was the better pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, uh, I think it's a really rational, intelligent way to decipher something like the Cy Young Award. You know, I think that's the right if way. I, if know? I filled that out, if I filled that out on a ballot, would it get passed through All the right. BBWA? Spe- 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 speaking of ballots, we got to do it. We love him. He's, I think he's the goat. I'm all about him. <laughs> he's my man, but we never lie to the Hopes listeners. Like, we got to talk about Salisbury's MVP ballot. Like, a little aggressive, Jim. I love it. I want Bryce Harper to win. What did you think of Salisbury's ballot? Oh, it was amazing. It was the greatest thing <laughs> I've ever seen. I mean, are you, are you kidding me? Like, like, I just Jim got shushed like, by Emily because I'm being too loud for Zoe. That was how much yeah. you made me laugh there. Oh, it was amazing. It was, it was, it was the perfect ballot. It's like, oh, everyone thinks Juan Soto versus Harper is like the best MVP <laughs> debate since, since Miggy versus Trout, I guess. And and Jim's like, mm mm, his, <laughs> his team won like fifty six games, so he's not the MVP. Uh, it was a true work of art from Jim, um, and I just love that he got. I, in my head, like Jim said, you know, I I hate all this analytics stuff. Yeah. Even though like OBP isn't really analytics anymore, but he was like, you're not going to tell me that a guy whose team won like 65 games is the MVP. So guess what? I'm putting him seven. So love it. I, I respect it. I really do. Like strong work. Yeah. Like I, I couldn't have done it. Did what um, had to be done. Yeah. For the, for the sanctity of the sport, uh, Jim did it. And I, uh, I applaud him for it. And it was uh, a true work of art. A I true love this. This is a good take on this. Um, all right. Anything else on the MVP inside before we get to some of the other like random stuff going on? Yeah. So just to just to, and this is, I, what was your favorite Harper moment this year? Um, hmm. like you know. It's a good question. There is like, not like a signature moment. Like I think of like groups of moment. I think think of things like that. Like you, Howard. Like Howard. You had the three homer game yeah, off Hudson. I I honestly, what I think about is is more the feeling I had watching him hit 
during that run, especially when he was at his hottest, where it just felt like no matter what, he was going to get a hit, you know, or, or walk. And it just felt like, man, this guy is as locked in as I ever remember watching anyone stepping to the plate, feeling that confident that he was going to come through. So it's more a feeling I get, but it's a great point, Jack, because obviously, you know, like I can't think of a signature moment to the Bryce Harper season. You know, I can't think of, uh, uh, Oh, that's the moment. Honestly, the whole season was a dominant moment. Like for me, I got hit in the face. Like imagine what kind of season he could add. Cause he started the season off as the MVP, get hit in the face was off for a little bit. And then was the MVP the rest of the season. Like sure. You can assume that maybe it wouldn't happen, but if you know, logic dictates that if he hadn't got hit in the face, like it would have been even better. You know, right. I guess for me, two that stick out, and I was like, "This guy's the MVP." Uh, the the Met series where he hit the homer off Diaz, and Diaz points to the points to this guy as if it's a pop up, and it like almost ends up in Ash Bernali. That was one of my favorites. And the Cubs game where they go down, they're down by what, like eight? Oh in the second. yeah, that one was great. And I think. If I remember correctly, tied the game up or gave him the lead and then hit an absolute like tank job moonshot that got another correct reaction. So, um, but yeah, it's just, you know, you think like <laughs> you, you would have thought he was the MVP in 2019 off of, because of the homer off Derek Holland or whatever. Um, cause that Cubs home run walk off gets played over and over again. But like this year, it was just consistent mashing over and over and over again. So, um, and I and there was a moment early in the season when they blew a lead against the Giants, and then he hit a he hit a home run again, the lead back. That was a early season MVP moment. But yeah, there's not like that one signature. Wow. Well, there's I guess there's a whole month of September of wow, this guy really is the MVP. Yeah, but yeah. and August really too. Uh, I think I do have a moment. Um, I, I, I'm trying to pinpoint exactly where I was and and how it played out, but it was the moment that whatever he did in that moment convinced me to say, yes, I'm going to bet on the plus 3,300 odds for him to win the MVP. Thank you. Whatever that moment was. I don't remember. But, <laughs> what but was sweet. that, in like April? Yeah, no, dude. I got like it was like uh, uh, June or July. I got plus thirty three hundred odds. It was crazy. Yeah, thirty three hundred odds. Uh, huh. oh, that's pretty good work by you. I know. You I just your, you big gamble. I, w- I wish I bet more than five dollars. So. Oh, this doesn't even count. Then <laughs> it's like, five, five to win one. Five to win one fifty five. Come on, no, what a count. massive I'm, victory! I'm very happy for you, but that does not count. I that, know. I know. Yeah. 20, 20 bucks or more, and I'll count it. Okay. Well, it's it's hard. I'm not Jack. I'm not a not the gambler that you are. All right. I am not. <laughs> but there were there, there was back before this whole thing became trendy. Uh, you know, I was pretty involved. But now that it's gone mainstream, it's like fantasy football. For that me. sounds about right. Yep, that sounds. I'm right. not a mainstream guy. Oh, I gotta really? be honest with you. Really? No way. Um, all right. Uh, couple- what is that voice? Like, no, that was like a, a I built know up you're animosity. Not. No, no, it was just like I know. Like it was a yeah, duh. I know. I know you pretty wow. well. Wow. You're <laughs> taking shots. <laughs> Are we gonna have a feud? A pod feud? Well, I mean, listen. That was a very mocking tone. I was going to wait to mock you for this later, but since we're in the mocking portion of the podcast, I may bring this up. The way you say Tatis is hilarious. You're like, Tatis. You like it like you're Tatis. (laughs) Listen, I have had him in fantasy since he was a prospect. Like, we've come up and and developed into a, we've developed two dominant fantasy baseball teams. I like this. You're, You're close personal friends. Um, speaking of, uh, how about a guy who could become your close personal friend? What do you think about? Hold him? on, before we get before we get past uh, that. I'm, okay, I'm just trying to I talk know, before, Phillies. I'm trying to talk about you know, I know rumored trade. This, no biggie. Go ahead. What do you got? This is an important distinction. All right, can you tell me? Because I don't get bullied about anything. Like if someone calls me on something, I fix it immediately, so I erase <laughs> any doubt of being made fun of for anything. Like, uh, like I, I've literally started dressing nicer at work. This one said, "I, I know you nice have. It's so true. You like bring it every day now." 
<laughs> um, <laughs> the first day you did it, I'm like, what are you doing? And you're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, what, this is, you never wear this. So, you know, you're wearing a button down. Like, what's happening? You were showing me how nice your pants fit. You were really excited yeah. about your. They really, I got, yeah. I'm, I'm able to wear tighter pants now um because i've i've lost a considerable amount also like if i pitch again i might be able to go seven strong like my legs are my legs are absolutely jacked at this moment <laughs> um and you saw that photo i mean i still got the like if they let if they don't let me pitch in, in sneakers i'm throwing at least 82 with sync oh uh, no question i don't even yeah, think it's a question yeah no question so is it is it platoon or is it platoon <laughs> it's platoon yeah, so so when I say all right, so if I see the, the the movie with Charlie Sheen, it's Platoon. Platoon, and no one will make fun of me for that, right? No one, no, they will make fun of you for saying Platoon. That's when okay, they'll make so fun of you. So it's Platoon. Platoon. Yes. Okay, we can now move on as I yes. think about my future Platoon of <laughs> Matt Veerling and Kyle Schwarber. Love it, love it. Even right. though Schwarber's not Schwarber's not a, a Platoon guy, um, but I have thought a lot about you know adding a lefty. So I appreciate this, that you're, you're at, and, and obviously, cause you, you know, you're, it's part bullying and not wanting to get bullied and all that, but also it is part of, and I don't think we've talked about high hopes and I think high hopes deserves to know Jack is, is now a growth mindset guy. Yeah. So I guess we haven't brought this up. Yet. I know. I know. Um, and that, that right there, getting it right not just yelling at me for saying hey you're wrong it's platoon not platoon is growth mindset stuff right there jack every day every day we're getting this growth mindset a little bit better there used to be times where you know i would just like think about something over and over and over and over again and now it's just like you know what i'm gonna take what they said and i'm gonna say hey are they wrong or are they right and if there's like hey you know you know donovan chess bat a little bit this is on me. Then I'll say, hey, that's on me too. And I'll accept the consequences or I'll accept you. the, the responsibility. And that's a good exhibit of a growth mindset. And it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> it's really been great. So, I'm happy, you know, buddy. I no longer have any negative thoughts about the Phillies. We are post Harper MVP. It is now growth mindset season as the Phillies are growing towards being back in the playoffs you know this is it good. may have been it may have been said in this town maybe a month ago by someone who most people didn't believe in that there was roots that were growing oh. underneath and that said football team is now doing some pretty special things look at you well i think that there are some roots growing underneath this phil's organization that are going to be popping out and growing very soon. Look at you making the Eagles reference thing. You're just, this is a whole new Jack Fritz here. If only that there was a podcast about the Eagles. Yeah. That uh, I could possibly host. <laughs> All right. Um, can we talk Phillies again? Are you good? Yes, we may. Brian Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, not at the price. That's it. That's all Brian Reynolds. Well, no, it's like all right. So, <laughs> so Brian Reynolds is like unbelievable. Like, on, like honest to God, I was before. I really he like him. Brought, He's a good player. I know, but and before he even brought him up, like I was watching highlights, uh, just getting ready for this podcast, and I was like, oh wow, he's basically, you know, prime Daniel Murphy from both sides of the plate, where just like, just hits, and he's gonna hit forever, and he definitely plays elite center field and all that stuff. So and only he's 26. definitely gonna. Like, I think, like, he's going to cost a ton. So, do I want to get, like, do, am I ready to already ship McAble out for, for Brian Reynolds? Uh, I guess. No, I don't really want we can't to. do that. But I, I know, know what well, you mean. I know what you mean. Look, yeah, so, I, but it is the Pirates. I'm just saying. They have been taken no, advantage of in trades in the past. No, I know. And I guess I'm kind of, and I know this sounds like I'm prospect hogging, but at, at some point, you know, I don't want to have to give away all of our young players just to like, like they need to build this thing. Like, even if that means not being involved in some major trades this off season, even if that means not being involved in a Brian Reynolds or even like a, I gotta be honest, I'd probably trade McAble for, for Jose Ramirez. I, I would. Um, but like they got to build this thing and, and have a sustainable core around the guys that they have here. So I'm, I'm interested in trades. 
um, obviously, because they're the best. And I need like a cool trade because they haven't, they literally have not had a cool trade in, I don't know. Like, I, I guess the Spencer Howard trade's like kind of cool, but they got a sinker baller and a bad closer. Yeah, that's a, that's a trade deadline trade. It doesn't even matter. I know. Yeah. I know. But I have, we haven't had like a cool trade in a while. And I could use one, but like I just, they need to, they need to keep young pieces here that you can hopefully build a, a sustainable core to where you can, you know, have young pieces in place to where you can kind of add around that rather than always having to try to trade your top prospects to get players in here. And then they're only signed for like three or four years at the max. And then you got to almost do it all over again. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, that's where I am too. Uh, obviously I, I, I want them to spend money. I'm not giving up any of my young talent if I can avoid it. But Brian Reynolds is a good player, and if he somehow ended up here and they could find a way to, to make that work, I would be very happy to have him. Uh, I think he's, like you said, I think he's just a dude gonna, who's going to hit for the next like six, seven years. Like He's just going to hit, and, uh, and a great fielder, and he's young, and he's a hard worker and all that kind of crap. Uh, I like Brian Reynolds, but I'm with you. I think what it would cost to get him, it's not worth it. Um Michael Givens was mentioned uh, in my perfect offseason. Also, in rumors connecting him to the Phillies, uh, any interest in Michael Givens? I don't remember any of this from your perfect offseason. Yeah, you never, you never do. You never do. It's okay. You said you said Aaron Loop was in my perfect offseason? Like, I thought he was. I was wrong about that. Did you right? do a perfect offseason with someone else without telling Angel, me? Angel Aaron Loop. Um, yes, yeah, which is a shame. It is. Um I, I've done like six perfect golf seasons with people. I just I can't keep them straight, you know. Wow, that's yeah. unbelievable. This is this is a scandal. Um, yeah, you know me, so Jack. you know me, <laughs> I, you know me, just going around doing perfect golf seasons with people. I will say, I will say, seen some perfect golf seasons out there. Just saying, huh? Yeah, yeah I, mm. you know, not saying you know, we did it first, but you know, we did it first. So I'm just you know. Just saying. Let's just say, let's just say we see it, <laughs> and it, it's not, it's not just one. There's been multiple. I would say I've seen at least three other perfect off seasons that coincidentally came out after this podcast, also created by people that had listened to this podcast first. So, <laughs> not to say that there are others out there, but uh, you know. We see it. You know, we're yeah. just, we're here. You're just here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Whatever. Anyway, Michael you know? Givens. Again, we don't like to make things about us. So, <laughs> um, so Michael Givens, I feel like has been linked to the Phillies for four years. You know, he's, I feel like Michael Givens has been a Philly four times and then not a Philly and taken away, um, and trades like the Rockies for nothing. So, um, no, but Michael Givens is, <laughs> he's good. No, no, no. Here's what's going to happen, James. They're going to sign him. We're going to say all offseason, Michael Givens is good. Oh, yeah, you're and then right. all you're of a sudden, right. we're going right. to have like an awful Michael Givens year. It's yep. like, oh, wow. And then he's going to be released by like July. It's a great that's, point. It's a great point. Everyone prepare yourselves for this. I mean, literally, Kinsler had like a 2-5 ERA the year before he came here, and he was like closing games for the Marlins. He gets on a Phillies uniform, and he's like one of my five least favorite bullpen guys like with Neshek and like – He's oh. up there. And I love Michael Givens. I think Michael Givens would be great. He throws 95 to 100, like, still at, at his age. He's got some funky, um, like, right-handed movement on his stuff. And he's been good forever. So, naturally, if the Phillies sign him, he will be bad. Such a fair point. You're you're very right about that. Um, all right. Uh, that's all I got. Take back. Boy, that's all you had. Is okay. it, I mean, we're 40 minutes in the pot. I don't think it's like that oh, I disappointing. Know, I didn't know if this was the time that you wanted me to break down the Kent Emanuel <laughs> oh, waiver God. wire pickup. <laughs> Look, I don't control Ooh. the take bag. The take bag, you have, you have full uh, editorial uh, control over what's in the well. take bag. But, you know, I also would say, you know, think of the listeners. Yeah, think of the listeners. I am thinking listeners, which, which is why I'm telling you right now. He's going to be our J.C. Um, <laughs> no. So here's my quick take on Kent Emanuel. 
has a bit of a sweeping breaking ball from a lefty, which I like a lot. And I feel like the second lefty out of the pen is going to be coming down to him and Ryan Sheriff. And both have been parts of very smart organizations. So I'll take a shot. Um, oh, Howie Kendrick. Uh, they, they added him as an, uh, I guess he's a assistant. assistant to, to yeah. He's the Dwight Schrute of the Phillies front yes. office. Yes. Yes. Now, I, it's probably an insignificant move, but this is something that the Dodgers have been doing for years out there in L.A. where it's like, yeah, sure, they're this big progressive organization, um, but they also always bring in ex-major leaguers that they view as, as guys who have you know, rising capabilities. Obviously, we know Gabe um, uh, Placido's out there right now. Um, like they, they, they've consistently done this over the last couple of years where – they will sign a guy or bring in a guy to who is recently retired and just have him around the organization. Howie Kendrick is an unbelievably smart guy. And I'm all about just adding smart guys, especially guys who played at a high level. And, and, and was like just a, a pure hitter. Like the dude understands well, the science of hitting. Well, and listen, I, I'm not, I, I can't rule out that I might need him to pinch hit in July. Like, I mean, <laughs> in the, like just come out and, and hit 300 for me, Howie, because I know you still can. But um, it is funny that, <laughs> like, I, I feel like he could have definitely gotten, like, almost better offers from other teams. Like, it's funny that he chose the Phillies. He was only here for, like, four months. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a, it's an exciting little move. So um, that's, uh, that's cool to me. Um, they traded for Nick Nelson who, like, if he can ever figure out how to throw strikes, he could be disgusting. I mean, like, you see the videos from, like, Pitching Ninja, and it's like, wow, he should be awesome. But he just hasn't. But I think it's the right kind of guy to give to this, um, to give to the staff and see if they can get anything out of. Like, it's a pretty electrifying arm. And, uh, I mean, he could, it could be one of those trades you look back on, and it's like, wow, that was a steal for them. Because the Yankees, every single offseason – they give up like dope relievers that go elsewhere and just turn to, to be good. Like Garrett Whitlock last year was a rule five guy and he was unbelievable for that Red Sox team. So maybe the Phillies can get lucky here. He's the right guy to uh, take a shot on. Sure. Garrett's, I thought you were waiting traded, to say something. I was like, yeah, they sure. traded my guy. They traded my guy, Logan Sierney, which hurts. Um, they I was, for, I was, I was devastated about that one too. It hurt, but they traded for Garrett Stubbs, who I guess like they're hoping is the nap replacement. It's really interesting. So in the in the Yankees trade and in the Astros trade, they they acquired catchers in both. Uh, Garrett Stubbs is probably more major league ready. Um, also, elite clubhouse guy. Um, oh. Like he's like the the hype man of those Astros teams. So I think that is kind so, of important. So like, do you think they're going to trade Martian? I mean, what do you I think, think Martian, yeah, I think Martian has traded. I right. I mean, that's the only way to take it, right? Because obviously Martian is so clearly the backup catcher if he's on the roster. Yes. Yeah. So I think Marshawn is obviously on the block. Um, and because I don't, I don't think Logan O'Hoppy will be traded. Um, but I mean, listen, if they, if they have JT signed for the next four years and they think he can stick a catcher, I wouldn't trade him. But I do wonder if maybe they look to sell high on Ohapi, who is just tearing up the Arizona Fall League. But it's interesting with how many catchers are trading for. Donovan Sands is another guy that like has good marks as a as a defensive player, but also hits homers. So I don't know. It's just, they're two interesting trades. I'm not happy they gave up Sierney, but whatever. I get it. It's, he probably wasn't a major leaguer, but there was legitimate chances there. Um, there were some interesting hires last week real quick, like Brian Kaplan. Um, he was named like assistant major league pitching coach and, and director of pitching development. And it's just like one of those moves that I feel like a smart organization does where it's not just like Caleb Cotham does everything by himself. The minor league guys do it by himself. Like Kaplan's kind of in that middle. He's like the middleman from the major leagues to the, to the minor leagues and also helping out the major league staff. So it seems like a move that smart guys, smart organizations would do. He comes from like a driveline like thing um, down in Florida that a lot of top pitchers have thrown at. So maybe that connection helps them this offseason with some of the big free agents out there. And then uh, Jason Camilli, I think is a really fascinating hire. Um, 
got out a lot got a lot out of like Mitch or uh, like Keto Marte when they traded for him with Arizona. Uh, I feel like they've always done a pretty good job of getting a good amount out of hitters, but just adding him to the staff and having another assistant hitting coach with Kevin Long, I just think that's what smart organizations do. Like the Giants have a thousand hitting coaches, so you know more smart guys is not a bad thing. Uh, fake trade idea. Ooh. I'm not, I'm not saying I would do this. Do not get mad, but I'm curious to see what you would say. And I do wonder if the Phillies would do it. Aaron Nola to the Padres for Trent Grisham and Emilio Pagan. Wow, buddy. You get a legitimate gold glove. Yeah. I mean, Trent Grisham's a good player. Um, man, I don't think you do that trade though. Right. I don't think I would. Yeah. Um, but if they were looking for a center field upgrade for a team that would make sense, I feel like the Padres always looking for starting pitching. Uh, Grisham had a down year-ish offensively. Pagan had a down year out of the bullpen. But, like, a year ago. Both were no very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, they, it's they a really interesting idea. I, I don't hate it from a value perspective. I just – look, I also think with trading Nola, I just – I don't think trading Nola now is the smartest thing. You're trading him at his, his – bottom is value and um you know i do think that i would be okay with trading aaron nola and look if you're gonna find a team that because like from a you know if we're gonna talk about analytics and all that like you know all of the the you know predictive metrics for nola this year were good you know it's just the the era wasn't the the watching him pitch wasn't the september wasn't all that but like the strikeouts strikeouts walk like all that type of stuff is still you know borderline elite um, so if you get a team paying for that, cool. I just don't think you're going to get the value that Nola is worth based off, you know, right now in time. I agree. And I wouldn't trade him unless I felt like I was getting at least equal, if not a little bit, a little bit below equal value for him. I'm not interested in a solo of Aaron Nola. Um, if I could call my shot real quick, I think Kyle Schwarber is going to be a Philly. Wow. Like everything. Everything seems to be, you know, lining up for that. Um, he, he's the he's a middle of the order thumper that can play left field. Uh, can also, if they wanted to, bat him lead off. Um, also, would not cost a second round pick to sign, which I think that <laughs> which I think they're interested in. And so am I. We know you so, are. So I, I just he seems like he seems like a Dombrowski Philly guy that comes here and hits like forty homers at the bank and um I don't know, people are just crushing beers in the stands and having a great time as Kyle Schwarber is just hitting tanks. Um and my final thing is the other night I watched the O six Phil's video yearbook. What is it? Uh, 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 yeah. And I noticed you did this on a night so Jill was away for the night and you basically had a night all to yourself like the house is yours you have no obligations nothing to do and your choice of what to do that evening was oh ah, six fills yearbook that sounds good uh now full disclosure i, think I the full disclosure i had just got i just had come off watching like four episodes of the sopranos so i was like ah, i could use a little change up it's great but like you know, so it's a lot of Sopranos. Um, and Girardi already annoyed me enough this year. But um, <laughs> so so uh, I was like, you know, Howard, MVP, Harper, MVP. Let me remember what the 06 season was like. Now, I only got halfway through it, so I didn't get fully done. it. But there was like one thing that stuck out to me. Um, and that was that like the nerve of that team to lose like Aaron Rowan slash Bobby Abreu and be able to just bring up Shane Victorino mm-hmm. and he turns into Shane Victorino. Um, they like Lieberthal gets hurt and the nerve of that team to say, Hey, here's Carlos Ruiz. That's going to develop into like the second best catcher in team history. Like <laughs> it's the nerve of that team to, to give us that false hope of finding a diamond in the rough. And then we know that turned into, Jason Worth uh, a year later. Yeah, it's like, it pretty crazy. What is this? Yeah, it's is pretty this crazy. Even, is this even allowed? So the nerve of, of Pat Gillick and his staff to do those things <laughs> is just not it, the nicest. Yeah, it's well said, though. I mean, it's what we talked about. It's it's where we want to be. You're so right. That's what great teams do. 
they have an injury and they bring up a guy who ends up being a that seven year stud for them or you know, ten year star or five year star or whatever it is. I mean what a quality role player or this or that. And the Phillies didn't have any of that this year. Um, and that's how you end up having an MVP and a Cy Young and not winning a uh, winning two games, Jack. Believe it or not, yes, it what it did happen. This we got year. the Rays guy though, so I don't even care. We got Rays I, guy. Honestly, I, I mean, all's right, all, all's right. In I the mean, world. I mean this with all sincerity. I've, I've already feared the day of losing Ani. Like I'm already, <laughs> I can't. He's already like one of the ten most important people in my life. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm, you think I'm kidding? I don't. I don't at all. <laughs> Honestly, I'm surprised you said ten and not five. That's that's all I'm I'm, I'm ruminating on. Yeah. He's very important to me, uh, and I, I need him to do. I need him to to be smart for us. Oh, buddy. All right. Um, this is good. This is good. We got an MVP. Next step, a winning baseball team. Well, they, they we're eighty two and eighty this year. Yeah. Also, do you say real quick? Do you say that there are two games over 500 or a game over 500? I say two, but I've heard. But they were really a game I over 500. Oh, I know. Trust me. I get it. I, this is, uh, I know. I get it. I get it. I say two. It's just also, easier. Say, say, say RBIs. No, I will not. Do you want to fight? Are we going to end this podcast arguing with each other? I won't do it. If anything, I would say RSBI before I would oh, say RBIs. No, you wouldn't. No, I would. No I would because it's it's that. more correct. So RSBI, it is. You've brought this on yourself. <laughs> yeah. I like what this Can you believe Bryce Harper won the MVP with only eighty-four RSBI? I mean, we've really come a long way, Jack. How that how that make you feel? It felt good, warm and fuzzy. You, you know. <laughs> I don't I think it did. I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> I don't right. think it did. I'm 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 done with this. You don't come after me on the RBI thing at the end of the pod. It's outrageous. Outrageous. You got okay. you got anything else? Say just say RBI. Just... <laughs> no, no. Are we, we're not is this a feud? We're feuding now. Oh, oh, I do have one more thing. Oh, I do of have one more do. thing. I'm sure you do. I do have one more very important thing. Robbie Ray became the fifth Cy Young winner <laughs> of the twenty fourteen Tigers. And James Seltzer, who built that team? No idea. I, I context gives me nothing. Knowledge of, of baseball history gives me. I just can't remember what's happening that time in the league. How could I possibly know this, Jack? Well, lucker for you, <laughs> I have the answer, and it's Dave Dombrowski. How about it, buddy? How about it? You give that guy, you give him a raise, guy. I mean, you give him a Mattingly. I mean, look what we're doing here, Jack. Look what we're doing. MVP. He's for some seltzer. We'll see you later.